With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Poole. My guest today is Steve Greenfield. And Steve is going to talk about the nursing home situation and Andrew Cuomo. Uh, Steve, this really got your goat the other day. Can you give us a little background of why this is so upsetting to you? Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm hoping that in the course of this that um, we make a transition uh, from why it's upsetting to me all the way to why it is just, you know, upsetting as a matter of principle within the, you know, conduct of democratic government. Because, you know, what, you know, originally going back to the the beginning of the pandemic and New York State's actions under Andrew Cuomo's direction, um, you know, we were aware that there had been decisions made that very likely increased uh, the death rate among the elderly and particularly concentrated in nursing homes uh, and hospitals to which nursing home patients were being transferred into and then back to the nursing homes uh, while sick, right? That was documented from the beginning and questions were being asked while that was happening um, about whether that was really uh, making things worse. In, and and uh, I think by May, only about a couple of months after the decision was originally made, Andrew Cuomo reversed that decision um, about requiring the one that was about requiring nursing homes to accept readmissions of sick people being dismissed from hospitals. Um, so that's where this started, right? Where the information was known. Okay. And then the, the, the decision was reversed and there were inquiries being made by the press. And it turns out also by the, um, by the federal justice department in Washington about the numbers that were involved, how many people were moved, um, how many died, you know, how many, you know, where was the, you know, follow the course. And, and this is also something of course, that would be of interest to epidemiologists, right? Learn what happened. Can we use this information to do better, you know, in the future, right? So there's a lot of reasons why this data needs to be discussed and there are also, you know, a lot of reasons why it's public information, right? I mean, you know, this is something that was a policy decision by government officials. Uh, it was ordered by the governor. The state legislature has the full constitutional power under the constitutions of New York and the United States uh, to review the consequences of policies uh, so that they can make adjustments and uh, choose funding and all kinds of things like that. There's, there's no lack of clarity about the absolute uh, involvement of, of the state legislature um, and the fact that all public, uh, all public policies, everything pertaining to public policies that do not involve naming 
personnel and getting into personal personnel issues are uh, available under the Freedom of Information Act to to the press, right? That these are just these are just laws. These are constitutional provisions and laws that are inviolable. Um, so then we found out that from an Associated Press report uh, back in uh, in the summer, in midsummer, in July or August, the Associated Press went public with they had done an investigation to the best of their ability of the numbers and found that the uh, that the death tolls at the nursing homes seemed to be quite significantly higher than what Andrew Cuomo um, and his immediate staff had been reporting at the press conferences and to all you know private press inquiries uh, that in turn then prompted uh, an investigation from the office of the New York State Attorney General, Letitia James, um, a formal, you know, and proper state investigation in which it was found and, and, you know, and announced formally that the numbers were in fact dramatically undercounted and that the, uh, that the undercounting seemed to have been done deliberately and was not simply a consequence of uh, a methodology chosen to count that produced, you know, an undercount and that a better methodology would have produced more accurate results. She did specifically state that the undercounting uh, was deliberate. Um, that was then followed by um, a court ordering that the information, uh, that, that the data information be released press, right? Cuomo was still in court trying to prevent this information from, from reaching the press and a court order was given uh, that the press could access that information. Um, then, basically, the other day, in back-to-back announcements, uh, first the Associated Press did a follow-up report that showed that 9,000 sick patients had been moved from hospitals into nursing homes. Um, and that that number was about 40% more than Andrew Cuomo had publicly reported had been transferred from hospitals back to nursing homes. Um, and then just a few hours later, um, somebody involved in a, a phone call, a group phone call that was done by uh, a top aide to Cuomo to a group of Democratic Party state legislators, members of the Assembly and Senate, who were asking questions, you know, I guess trying to figure out, you know, how do you control the damage and, and what, what information were we denied that prevented us from effectively exercising our role in oversight over these proceedings? Because, you know, as you're seeing right now, a lot of the anger coming from legislators, even within the Democratic Party, is that uh, based on what they believed was the success of Cuomo's operation in controlling the spread of COVID-19, they granted him broad emergency powers. They basically granted him the power to make all decisions individually without having to get approval for, for things not necessarily uh, in, in, a, in a non-emergency under the governor's control um, and requiring budget appropriations, right? So they, on, on okay. trust, they had granted him these powers, and now they felt that that, that, tr- that that had been violated and that they had granted the powers on false information. Um, and at the same time, okay. uh, just to complete the thought, just to complete the process of how okay. we got to where we are, at the same time, uh, the, the content of this phone call was leaked to the press, 
Um, and it proved that the reason that the information was, was not being delivered to the state legislature and to the press accurately and honestly was because of Cuomo's concern that, that the Trump administration would use the information to undermine him. Um, and that is the absolute illegal nature of what happened, right? To have denied uh, reports to the Department of Justice to have denied reports to the state legislature and have denied and to deliberately have not just to hold, hold it back and try to keep it from getting out, but to deliberately and repeatedly deliver false information to make it look like the, the problem was not of the magnitude that it was and that they delivered this false information specifically to prevent, uh, you know, public legal formal public oversight over over what was happening that's that's criminal we've now got a criminal a governor openly you know shown that's the smoking gun right there openly shown that that this was organized conspiratorial and criminal behavior the man absolutely has to be impeached removed from office and charged with these crimes because thousands of new yorkers died because this information was not available for other people to process or even for the families themselves to make a decision. Do I want to bring my elderly parent home or, or are they safe at the nursing home? Like they're, they're the, 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 the magnitude of, of what has happened and the number of crimes potentially committed is so huge that, you know, it, it has to be attended to on that basis. You know, this is this is the government of the state of New York that we're talking about here. Okay, I have a I have a number of questions. Um, I became aware of it because the Attorney General, uh, New York State Attorney General James, uh, released a statement about it. Now, when Three years ago, when um, Letitia James ran for attorney general, and there were a number of uh, candidates in the race, and um, and the front runners seemed at that point to be separate teach out, and Cuomo did not want teach out because of of this stuff that she, you know, would without hesitation talk about. So, you know, he kind of made sure that uh James won with the uh with the uh, accomplice of uh Sean Patrick Maloney. Uh so, you know, James uh James won. Now do you think that there is very hard feelings between James and and uh, Cuomo? No. Um, as a matter of fact, this is exactly uh, the problem that many of us were talking about when Andrew Cuomo started actively campaigning for Letitia James in the Democratic primary. Um, one of the, th- mo- you know, the most important thing to know about Zephyr Teachout so that you can understand why Andrew Cuomo so much didn't want her to become attorney general of New York is that just like Elizabeth Warren came to prominence um, back in, in 2009, 2008, 2009, because her specific field of expertise that she taught at Harvard law school um, was banking law. Um, 
right. stuff her teach outs area of, of expertise, and she was a professor at Fordham Law, um, is, is, is government corruption. Like, that's her field. That's, you know, she's, she's not here, you know, her expertise is not in like, you know, breaking up drug gangs or prosecuting, you know, the, the, the mafia or, or, I mean, I know she's, she would have been capable of all of that stuff because it's a large office full of, of people with, with, um, you know, the appropriate subspecialties, you know, in corp, uh, malfeasance investigation and stuff like that. Zephyr Teachout's calling card was government corruption. That's her personal field of expertise. That's why she got 30% of the primary vote when she ran for governor against Andrew Cuomo um, mm-hmm. and, and, and lost in that race. Now, you recall going back to, you know, 2010, to, you know, when Andrew Cuomo won and he got sworn in in January of 2011, he claimed he was going to be uh, acting very aggressively against public corruption, which had become a little too obvious over the few years leading up to his uh, uh, election, and he had been the Attorney General of New York immediately prior. That's the office he was leaving to become governor, um, and mm-hmm. so he, he formed, you know, a Moreland Commission under New York State law to investigate public corruption, make recommendations, and then he shut the Moreland Commission down. You know, it was getting right. close to him. There was the Buffalo Billions thing, uh, public contracts awards, potential scandals. He actually closed down the Moreland Commission before it issued its report, um, you know, he, he was using it as smoke and mirrors to be able to get kind of public support on an anti-corruption agenda. But it should have been obvious to everyone, was obvious to, you know, all astute observers, you know, that, that he, he closed it down and that he closed it down for a reason. And so this was a real threat to him to have a renowned legal expert on, on government corruption becoming the attorney general. Now, there was always Mm -hmm. a conflict of interest with Cuomo campaigning during the primary for Letitia James. It is fine for party people in a party to campaign during the general election. You know, if you don't want the Republican to win, whatever, fine. Okay. But the issue during is that the attorney general's office needs to be independent of any other office. It needs to be independent of the state legislature. It needs to be independent of the governor um, in how it chooses what it's investigating and how it reaches its conclusions because, obviously, they will be called upon to investigate these other components of state administration, right? And so mm-hmm. uh, if, if, the, if the state legislature, for example, could slash funding to the attorney general's office if they don't like what, what's being investigated, that's a problem. Similarly, if the, if, if the attorney general owes her election to the intervention of the governor, then we as the people of New York have to question, you know, is her loyalty to the law or is her loyalty to the person who made sure she got elected? And so we already mm-hmm. have seen that uh, that there was a conference held. Cuomo met with James after she issued that report, and and pressured her to retract certain uh, compo- you know elements of it. I have not gone yet to look at exactly what ended up redacted, um, but you know there can be no uh, collusion between the executive and the attorney general. I mean, that, that just totally abrogates the entire purpose of having an attorney general in the first place. So we, we have a condition in this state. Um, and yes, Sean Patrick Maloney, member of Congress in the lower Hudson Valley, 
um, who, like Cuomo in the 90s, was part of the Clinton administration and their buddies, right, from that wing of the party and from having worked together uh, in, in the Clinton administration in the 90s, uh, as how they both arose to the upper echelons in, in Democratic Party politics and their current positions in, in elected office, uh, worked with Cuomo uh, to ensure that, and so that, that, you know, that debt between them exists and compromises, um, you know, the efficacy of Letitia James to be an independent prosecutor uh, in, in this setting. Uh, you know, and so she needs really right now to, you know, recuse herself and appoint a special prosecutor to investigate Andrew Cuomo, a, a completely independent uh, she needs to request the intervention of, of, of a federal prosecutor, you know, operating in the appropriate district in New York and announce that, you know, she has conflicts of interest and that this investigation is being turned over to some kind of independent prosecutor. I don't know the exact nature of, you know, does the legislature have to approve that happening or what, but, but, you know, we can't even expect a thoroughgoing investigation into this smoking gun phone call, um, you know, because obviously, that, that you know, she was admitting freely, admitting freely to all people on the call that the withholding of the information was by design and was intended specifically to have a, a political effect, you know, for their protection, <laughs> that they were protecting themselves and their position from investigation by, by publishing false information about the questions being asked. Um, so the okay. smoking gun is I, there. I've got, I've got another question. You had written on Facebook about Cuomo's, Cuomo's desire or his manipulation, I should say, of the fact that he eliminated the um, Green Party from being a viable uh, party in New York State. Does that tie into this uh, nursing home situation? Yes, it does. And not just the Green Party, but also the Libertarian Party. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a member of the Libertarian Party, but I certainly support their right and the importance of their right to also stand for election in this state. Because um, what, the Green Party and the Libertarians, what they have that distinguishes them from the other minor parties and the ones that the two that survive that only run Democrats and Republicans is that the Libertarians and the Greens are the two parties that openly advocate for systemic change. Right. I mean, we you know about structural change for how the government operates and how the economy functions towards what purpose, you know, these things function. Um, and, and that's an actual critically important thing to consider. Our system, such as it is, denies access to the ballot to anybody who is interested in structural change. That's not the same thing <clears throat> as saying, like, you know, Republicans are anti-abortion and, and Democrats are pro-choice, right? That doesn't in and of itself change anything about how the overall system is oriented and how it functions on a for-profit basis and how that for-profit basis uh, determines the distribution of wealth and how the distribution of wealth determines our access to our basic rights. You know, this is, these are actually important conversations to have, right? Because we all have a right to a lawyer, 
But unless you can afford $800 an hour, you're not going to get a very good lawyer. And the system, you know, distributes the profits of our economy in such a way that only a tiny percentage of, of the citizens can afford a good lawyer which creates the, the effect overall of the rest of us not having the same rights as the people who distribute the greatest share of the profits to themselves. So it's not simply a matter of like, oh, do they want to be socialists? Do they want to be anarchists? Do the libertarians want to eliminate government and, and eliminate stop signs and all the other nonsense that people say? That's not the issue. The issue is that, that the, the, the Greens and the libertarians are the only people speaking to the structural issues that create the other problems. The the Democrats and the Republicans only speak to sort of managing the sharp edges that the system has, you know, buffing down a little bit of the sharpness of the edges. Whereas the other parties say it's not the edges of the, of the system that are the problem. It's the system itself. Right. And so they agree that people, asking those questions and promoting those kinds of changes to be available at the ballot booth, be denied access to the ballot booth. And when you're denied access to the ballot booth, that means you're also not being invited to the debates. When the public watches the debates, the the, the press and the two candidates from the major parties debate the issues as they want the public to see the issues, right? There'll be nobody standing at a podium um, talking about how the problems are generated by the structure and aren't just the rough edges around the structure. So that's been denied. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there is a direct uh, connection between how the system decides who is denied access to the system, you know, and, and how the system is operating. They don't want anybody, you know, standing next to them and saying, no, that's, you know, you're actually directly responsible for this. You know, you're not only are you not going to be solving it, you're directly responsible for it. To be able to say that right in front of the public, that access is now denied. And you're denied that access also means that the media won't be covering you in any other settings because you're not important. You are not in the process. Um, So, you know, this is something you and I have discussed so many times, which is that there's no difference in between the Democrats and the Republicans in their intent to restrict democracy. The only difference is in which specific techniques they use to suppress it. You know, so if you're a Democrat, it's easy to see what the Republicans are doing. You could say, oh, they're trying to suppress the black vote, right? Or, you know, you can see that. You can lay it right out there. So that's, that's the Republican system. And you could say, oh, that's because black people tend to vote for Republicans, right? Whatever. Um, you know, and, and if you're a Republican, then you can also see what the Democrats are doing to deny access to democracy, but you can't see what your own party is doing, right? So it's great. They're both doing the exact same thing, but both sides only believe the other side is doing it. And so by the denial of the Green Party and the Libertarian Party from access to the system, there's nobody saying, actually, they're both doing it, and they're both doing it the same amount. They're just doing it with different mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And that's you the reality. Do you think this story has legs? Do I think what? Do you think this nursing home story has legs? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, And, you know, I'm going to be personally playing a role in making sure that it does. You know, I'm going to be communicating. Green Party already put out a, a press release calling for Cuomo's impeachment 
Um, you know, obviously the Republicans aren't going to let this lie down because this is their their only hope of, of winning elections in New York because we have like at least a five to three voter enrollment advantage to Democrats in this state. And so if they have mm-hmm. any hope of, of, of achieving any kind of electoral success in this state, they're going to have to push this really hard. But then it's going to be important for people like me uh, who are not aligned with Republican ideology or Republican interest in power to say, hold on a second, this is not a partisan issue. It's not like Republicans think this is criminal and Democrats don't because it's just the normal struggle for power, that this is a matter of the law and that, you know, that, that, the, that the laws have been broken and that we can't be arguing that Trump should be impeached and then say, but Andrew Cuomo shouldn't be impeached. You know, the Trump, the Trump impeachment was based on a very, uh, not, not the current one, but the earlier one with Ukraine, was based on some very vague and highly interpretive information that, that could never have achieved a, a level of proof, you know, that's considered uh, in a standard of, of conviction in court. Whereas this is absolutely right here and done with intent as is now recorded by the very officials who did it so you know mm-hmm. this has to move this this can't be allowed to just lay there and and i'll say something to had, democrats what's that we we just have a couple of minutes left but let me let me go back to uh the failure of maria cuomo to win a fourth term i think at that point the possibility of the Republican Party being a little more viable than it is right now. The Republican Party is, you know, down on its last legs. It's hardly breathing. So Cuomo will be up for re-election pretty soon. I don't see anybody up and coming in the Republican Party that could even beat him. So... Do you think that even though there might be this issue might be controversial, he has uh, he has the possibility of running and women winning for a fourth term? No, no, not at all. This is so bad that that the Republicans can actually win if if, if they don't address it internally and and you know viably from inside the Democratic Party itself. Um, there actually are people in this state that are Republicans um, that have a degree of sort of, you know, cross-partisan um, recognition. They are out there. Um, I will name one, which is our former Congressman Chris Gibson, uh, currently right. president of uh, Siena College up by you. Um, you know, I, there. You know, they will win. I'm going to just state this flat out. If the Democrats don't take care of this right now and give themselves two years um, to bring somebody into viability, uh, this will this is what's going to give us a a Republican governor. And it may not be someone as as cross partisan and honorable as Chris Gibson. You know, it may be, uh, you know, Rob Astorino. You know, it may be a truly reprehensible person that will create discord and disruption in state operation for at least the subsequent four years. And, and uh, the Democrats are, will be at fault if that happens, you know, for, for not addressing criminal executive abuse. So, Steve, on that note, we've got to close. 
but I want you to give yourself a plug on your new uh, radio show. Sure. Please go to um, YouTube and look up a channel called This Is Who We Are with Steve Greenfield. Go on Facebook and look at a page called This Is Who We Are, hosted by Steve Greenfield. Please subscribe to those pages. And if you have a Pacifica affiliate in your broadcast radius, please contact them and ask them to pick it up on their station because it is being produced and archived on their content website. Thanks, Steve. We shall talk again. You've been listening to Steve Greenfield. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. And if you like the show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.